Okay. Very good evening to all eh? brothers and sisters in the Dhamma. Today is the 7th of May, 2019, Tuesday class. Eh? We will develop the composed mind eh? with the faith, sadha, virya. Then mindfully we shall commence the puja chanting. Namo Namo Milafo Namo Milafo Namo Milafo Namo Pusien Pusa Namo Pusien Pusa Namo Pusien Pusa Namo Titang Wang Pusa Namo Titang Wang Pusa Namo Titang Wang Pusa Namo Fo Pusa Namo Fo Pusa Namo Pusa Arahang Sama Sambuto Bagawa Bodang Bagawantang Abiwa Demi Suakato Bagawata Damo Damang Namasami Supatipano Bhagavato Sawakasango Sanghang Namami Okay, now you all can be seated. Then we turn to page one of the chanting book. Eh? We will chant the Vandana onward. Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Buddhang Saranang Gachami Dhammang Saranang Gachami Sanghang Saranang Gachami Dutiyampi Buddhang Saranang Gachami Dutiyampi Dhammang Saranang Gachami Dutiyampi Sanghang Saranang Gachami Tatiyampi Buddhang Saranang Gachami Tatiyampi Dhammang Saranang Gachami Tatiyampi Sanghang Saranang Gachami Panati Pata Veramani Sikha Padang Samadhyami 
อาดีนาดานาเวรมณีสิกขาพดังสมาธิยามิกามิสุมิจฉาจารเวรมณีสิกขาพดังสมาธิยามิมุสาวดาเวรมณีสิกขาพดังสมาธิยามิสุรามีรายามาจาปะมาดัทธานะเวรามณีสิกขาพดังสมาธิยามินาวิวชันดิปฏิปาพุจาออฟเรงออฟไลท์กันนาสารปฏิเทนะดิเพนะตามาดังส
so that we will diligently strive on with heedfulness to attain the path and fruition as soon as possible. Significance of Offering of Flowers May this constant offering of flowers to the Blessed One strengthen our faith and constantly remind us of the impermanence of this body so that we will diligently and sincerely strive on to cultivate sila, samadhi and panya leading to ultimate liberation, the born free Nibbana. Making of oral aspiration by the power of all these merits, born of these offerings, may our spiritual faculty of sadha, virya, sati, samadhi, and panya be further strengthened until they become balas or powers. Then sharing and transfer merge to all beings. May these merits be shared and transferred to all beings without exception especially to those who have the condition and affinity to receive them. Sadhu, Sadhu, Sadhu. Okay, let us pay respect, Triple Gem. Badang Pujami. Dhammang Pujami. Sanghang Pujami. Okay, you all can be seated. Just relax body and mind. Then we can have half an hour of silent meditation. I will set the alarm. Eh? Okay, for those who already know how to meditate, you can just proceed. Eh? Mm. For those who still need to train their mind eh? and the spiritual faculty, you can go ahead. Eh? Yeah. Most important is to remember the four support. Whatever happened, relax into all mind states that arise. Uh, even if the mental hindrance are still there, the healer's thinking or what they call random thinking, even if they still arise, just let it be. Don't have to do anything. Yeah. Just understand that they are the result of lack of stability of the five spiritual faculty. And because of that, the hindrance condition the heedless thinking. Yeah. So just let it arise. When you do not resist it or try to control and suppress it, then there is no mental hindrance. And when there is no mental hindrance to hinder your mind from going into the meditative state of inner peace, inner calmness, and inner awareness, then this mind will slowly, slowly settle down. Whatever thinking or thought that arise, they will naturally cease because they are all dependent originating 
condition arising, causal phenomena. So you don't give it any meaning, don't pay attention, do not arise any more thought energy to stir it, to make it more strong. Then everything will just slow down. Then finally, you will realize your true mind before the stirring, before the rising of any thinking or thought. Yeah. In fact, meditation is very simple when you understand this. Yeah. Let the thought settle down. Yeah. Just like a glass of water. Whatever sediment, if you leave it without stirring it, it will settle down and become clear again. Yeah. So all this sediment, they will just slowly, slowly settle down. Then when the clarity of mind arises, when your silent mind is there, maintain the inner peace, inner awareness for as long as you can. Just silent everything and maintain the awareness. Then when you are able to be in that state of silent inner awareness, it will understand many things. Whatever that arises within your form and mind, especially the five aggregate of form and mind, the mental five aggregate, that arise through sense contact yeah. via the sixth sense You will see them clearly. You will understand them clearly. Just away, let it pass. It will arise and it will cease. It will arise and it will cease. If you are mindful and relaxed, all of a sudden, when the conditions are there, that silent mind, that true mind, it will awaken, it will develop the understanding. Because through that direct seeing, the direct experiencing of what arises within the former mind, via your silent mind, the true mind, the pure awareness, that is the one that can awaken, uh, not the one with the thought. So don't go and look for anything. Just silent and allow the silent mind to awaken. Okay, I'll let you all meditate on your own. Then when the alarm uh, ring, I will ring the bell three times. Then you all can slowly, mindfully come out of meditation.
Okay. Slowly, mindfully, come out of the meditation. Then turn to page six. Eh? We will chant the invocation to the devas. In this universe, in their entirety, let the deities or devas come here. Let them hear the good teaching of the king of sages, which gives heaven and release Nibbana. This is the time to listen to the teaching. This is the time to listen to the teaching. This is the time to listen to the teaching. Samantha Chakawali Su Atra Gachantu Devata Saddamang Muni Rajasa Sunantu Sakamokadang Dhamma Savanan Kalo Ayang Badanta Dhamma Savanan Kalo Ayang Badanta Dhamma Savanan Kalo Ayang Badanta Namo Atasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Atasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Iti Peso Bhagava Arahang Sama Sambuddho Veja Charana Sampano Sugato Kavido Anotaro Purisadam Sarati Sata Deva Manusana Buddha Bhagavati Swakato Bhagavata Dhammo Sanditiko Akaliko Ehipaseko Opanaiko Pachatang Veditabo Vinohiti Supatipano Bhagavato Savakasango Ujupatipano Bhagavato Savakasango Nyaya Patipano Bhagavato Savakasango Samichi Patipano Bhagavato Savakasango Yadidang Chatari Purisa Yukani Atta Purisa Pugala Esa Bhagavato Savakasango Ahuneyo Pahuneyo Dakeneyo Anjali Karaneyo Anotarang Punyaketang Lokasati Sadhu 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 Okay, let us 
Pay respect Triple Jam. Bedang Pujeme. Tamang Pujeme. Sanghang Pujeme. Okay, you all can be seated. Then we will uh, continue uh, from where we stop. Uh, Chino? Uh, oh, Colin, yeah. Okay. This page four, five, six. Yeah. Four, five, six. Yeah. Oh, maybe we go through the last Tuesday class outline short notes. Eh? I just sent out to you. You can turn on your phone. The one on the 30th of April. Okay, we go through this, then we continue so that we can recall. Oh, last week was actually on J. Krishna Mojikon. Yeah. Okay, good. So, 30th of April, 2019, Tuesday class, online show notes. Contemplation on J. Krishnamurti's quote, eh? Listening brings freedom. When there is effort in listening, we are not listening. Eh? So this effort is by the thought. Eh? The thought tries to listen with its views, opinion, and conditioning by comparing, justifying, condemning, etc., so if you have maintained awareness and pay attention mindfully, you have been observing how your form and mind respond. Then you will see all this very clearly. Yeah. Because the mind, which we do not understand, always creates this type of problem. And that is the Monday mind without the wisdom. So the Monday mind without the wisdom is very, very deluded and heedless. It creates it creates a lot of what they call movement or activity. So this thought it tries to listen but it is not listening. Can you see that? Why? Because 
It has a lot of views, opinion, and conditioning. And a lot of this has become your habitual tendency. And this is how you have been reacting to sense experience or listening. <laughs> That's why sometimes before somebody could finish what they say, you already get angry or reactive. <laughs> or you already commenting inside <laughs> your Monday mind. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to compare, trying to condemn. Then a lot of right and wrong. Then you justify your position. Eh? Sometimes you want to argue back. Hmm? And sometimes you think what has been spoken is unfair to you, hurting you. Hmm? So the moment you develop that type of movement means there is ignorance. You are not listening. You are not giving that person a chance to say. Yeah. But if you have been listening, then you will understand very clearly whether it is the truth or it is not the truth. Because through your understanding, your wisdom, you can understand. Yeah. Because you are attentively listening without command. Then you look at the reality. You listen attentively to understand. You are not listening with your views, opinion, conditioning, and habitual tendency. This is the big difference. And if you know how to listen appropriately and correctly, you will learn very fast. Otherwise, you will never learn. You are always caught in like and dislike pleasant and unpleasant sense experience and your views, your opinions are very strong. Yeah. All these are the conditioning within your own form and mind. So if you have been observant and mindful, you will start to develop all this right understanding not to be deceived and deluded by the conditioned mind, by the mundane mind before the wisdom come in. That's why we always hear this from J. Krishnamurti. Acting according to memory is not acting at all. So when you listen and you understand, you have to act according to wisdom and understanding. You don't act according to memory. Hmm. So acting according to wisdom and understanding is after you have straightened your views. After you have developed a clear understanding of the nature's law that governs life and existence, after you have seen clearly who you are, what you are, and how your mundane mind stir and create all this suffering within yourself, and how it hit out in others and caused others to be miserable too, then through what you do, the evil roots create negative tendency. That's how your consciousness becomes evil, negative. And it pollutes the totality of consciousness within society, within the environment. Mm. Then point number two. The effort is a distraction that prevents listening. So this one is very easy to understand. Isn't it? Yeah? The effort is the one that develops all the comparing, justification, condemning, according to your views, opinion, and conditioning, and belief system. So that is the one, that movement inside there, 
is a distraction to listening where you are not listening at all you are trying to do a lot of things and that doing is always by the thought trying to be right trying to justify comparing, condemning and doing all those things then B if you know how to listen your mind must be a free mind which is still and completely silent and just aware you understand it? Yeah? so the art of listening is it must be a free mind not a conditioned mind yeah. which is still and completely aware or attentive just silent without thought so without reaction and response from memory mm. so listen through awareness attentively without forcing oneself into any pattern of thought or thinking example like and dislike having pleasant and unpleasant sense experience then you, you must see your own craving positive and negative your own fear your own worry, anxiety, sorrow and lamentation all, the, all these are the movement of thought conditioned by your self-delusion your evil roots of greed, hatred and delusion so without awareness you are not sensitive you cannot detect all this thus I listen through awareness attentively without forcing yourself into any pattern of thought process so don't try to become anything uh, don't try to justify or do anything just listen yeah. Then the awareness within will understand the truth or non-truth during true listening. This is similar to meditation in daily life. Wherever there is effort, there is no meditation. The very trying to meditate creates movement of thought. The thought try to know creates movement to become this and become that which is not the reality or what is you want to be peaceful when you meditate you want to be calm that are all craving from the mind so that craving prevents you from having all this mind state because it's a mental hindrance it will hinder your mind from entering the meditative state of inner peace and inner awareness then trying to achieve a particular state, example, calmness, peacefulness, mindfulness, awareness, all this is the movement of thought, craving, is an idea that thought creates for you to look for. Or trying to capture a particular or certain experience, like jhanic state, seeing on nimitta and all those things. Then number three, Sati or mindfulness is just pure awareness before the knowing or perception. Means without words, concept or thought. Also no verbalizing. Hence there is no concept or idea of good and bad meditation. Just an awareness to see things as they are without any words and conditioning. So that is how the true listening can bring about freedom. Eh? 
So the title is very good. Huh? Listening brings about freedom. So listening brings freedom. Mm. Okay, then we continue. Huh? Item two. Sister Adeline asks, if cultivators get Alzheimer. Oh, okay. <laughs> now I understand. If cultivators yeah, have should be have lah, have Alzheimer. What happened to their awareness? There is no apostrophe as there. I think that apostrophe S is not needed. Eh? If cultivator has Alzheimer, what happened to their awareness? Yeah, this one we have gone through. Eh? Matthew threw up threw an inquiry or inquiry to the class. What is the main difference between a true cultivator and a non-cultivator? Yeah. So it's quite easy to understand when you inquire in that way or ask that question. Having the Dhamma, a true cultivator with their understanding and wisdom developed will not suffer or be afflicted by what happened. So that is the key difference. Eh? Then ability to accept the reality of the moment and having inner awareness will help the cultivator to recollect what has transpired. In that sense, a true cultivator with awareness and wisdom can cope with Alzheimer as a physical condition much better. So if you have mindfulness, awareness, you will not suffer like normal people when you have this type of physical impairment, eh, which they call Alzheimer, eh, and loss of <coughs> memory. Lo Excuse me. Loss of recent memory. <coughs> so this loss of recent memory can be due to the physical condition too. Uh, DNA and all those things and also coming. Uh, but most of it is due to nature's condition. Yeah? Where as you grow old, you tend to have this what they call effect of experiencing shrinking. Eh? A lot of things shrink you, do you know, when you get old? Eh? Your bone, your brain, <laughs> everything shrink. Uh, you become smaller. Uh, but, yes. Uh, that's why when the brain shrinks, you got less surface area. Then you got no more, no more new cells. Because you no more growth hormone, so no more new cells means what? The new memory that you want to remember, yeah, not enough, understand? Where your old one have already carried a lot of accumulated rubbish inside there, and that one you cannot clear. That's why when you are mindful and aware, you don't have such problem. Where you seldom use them, you only use them when needed. Understand? Most of them can be accumulated there, no problem. But you will not allow it to affect you because you do not attach and cling on to it. You have the wisdom and the understanding. 
you only uh, what they call uh, okay you only uh, retrieve it when you need it understand in that sense it's so much easier like the computer read only oh sorry random access memory when I need I access I don't need I don't access okay so this one is very useful <coughs> So those who have uh, what they call their mindfulness or awareness develop as you age, even in Alzheimer, a physical condition come and uh, arise in you. You don't have to worry because it will not affect you so badly as compared to a normal person without mindfulness, awareness and wisdom. Because with the awareness, you can recollect actually because when you are aware it's not just a memory do you understand? where you don't accumulate but you aware means you can recollect where at that moment you are aware then you can recollect that's why the new memory it will not disappear like normal person yeah. but the <laughs> the uh, Less positive aspect is because you don't attach, you don't cling. Do you know what will happen or not? You cannot remember things very fast. You understand? Or? It is just like when I speak. Uh, split second, the next moment uh, is no more up in my memory. Do you know? Not? I need condition to recall. You understand? That's why I ask you, why did I say all this? Where were I? But you tell me the condition, I can recall. Because I don't hold on to it. I don't try to remember it. And this brain, after it has transformed, it can never, never corrupt anymore. It can never, never hold anymore. It's not like the normal brain of you, uh, of ordinary putujana. Yeah. This one is non Grasping. Do you understand what is non-grasping? It doesn't hold. Whatever happened, it can never hold. Uh, but it can make use of it if it need to. That's the big difference. So, if you go through that phase without understanding, I tell you, you will panic. You think you got Alzheimer's. Because very fast you cannot remember. Uh, but that is not the real azima, but that is a transformation of your brain. And when your brain transforms and become non-grasping, it doesn't hold. doesn't hold me, it don't have to remember. That's the reason why I used to tell song eh? and some of those who have progressed. Don't try to know. Even after you have the insight, the awakening, or the realization, some people, they think this is important. Understand? So what do they do? They try to commit to memory. Because they scared, they forget. If wisdom can be forgotten, uh, then it's not wisdom. Do you understand? That one, not many people understand. Very few people understand. But wisdom is not that. You have, means you have. 
it will never disappear. It's connected to your form and mind. This one is an awakening, an insight, a direct seeing from your nature. That one never disappears. And that one cannot be carried around with memory. Your memory is knowledge. And memory is rigid, not wisdom. Wisdom is fluid. Wisdom understands. Knowledge knows. You know the big difference, huh? One is an understanding. The other one is a knowledge. That's why they say they know. What do they know? Knowledge. Memory. Then they are very rigid in their approach. Because when it's wisdom, no matter what condition, under what circumstances, happening to who, and what type of uh, collective consciousness or what, whatever the condition is, the wisdom will understand. That's the big difference. Yeah. And it's not rigid. One. Yeah. That's why different condition, different occasion, different uh, what they call <coughs> people, the wisdom will know how to arise the appropriate understanding to deal. Even different condition. Even know how to act. Sometimes you may think that it's a similar case, similar condition. But because of their karmic, because of the condition there and then, the understanding of it is totally different. You cannot apply the same thing that I used to share with you. You cannot say, hey, last time brother Teotija, for this type of case, uh, you must use like that. Uh, or you must say, uh, you, tell me, hey, you ask for forgiveness first, uh, repentance. Then vow not to repeat it. Eh? Then after that, follow the advice of the Buddha, develop merits, blessing, only. then invoke power of merits for causes and conditions for turnaround. These are general principles. Do you understand? Normally can be applied for most normal common cases. But some individual, they got their karmic behind. They got there are something very weird type of thing behind. You cannot just teach them like that. You have to modify uh, the the way they ask for repentance and all those things. That's why it's not rigid. It's not what you think. That's the reason why without real wisdom, you can never understand karma. You can never have the ability to teach and to guide. Unless you teach what they call uh, uh, that type of that type of so called uh, that type of dhamma, the the rigid one, the the uh, yeah, what what word they use? There's a type of words. Uh, uh, I always use one. What is it? What type of dhamma is that? <laughs> Where they cling onto the dhamma words and all those things. Yeah. It's not from wisdom and understanding. <coughs> ah, theoretical Dhamma. Yeah. Theoretical Dhamma. Understand? Yeah. If you teach theoretical Dhamma, you will use memory. You will use your knowledge. You will try to prepare notes and remember things. Yeah. That is what theoretical Dhamma. And theoretical Dhamma cannot free the mind. 
cannot liberate the individual because it is thought based, knowledge based, and a lot of words, concept, and idea. Yeah. It's not born of the direct seeing, uh, the awakening, or the insight. <coughs> okay. We go on to the next section, which is very good. Huh? Discussion on medication, drugs, supplements, etc. prescribed by doctors and psychiatrists to treat depression. Uh, that day, when I googled, huh, I wanted to know the difference between psychiatrists and psychologists. You know what's the difference? Right? Uh, what is the difference? Uh, I use the mic, use the mic. Psychiatrists will help to heal. A psychologist will study about the psychology, the, 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 the uh, theory. The mm. thought psychology. Uh, okay. That one is also quite a good explanation. Huh? But the more accurate one, uh, a psychiatrist is actually a doctor who can use medication. That's why he can prescribe medication. Whereas the psychologist is involved with your psychology, your thinking, your mental problem. Using, he only talk to you. He let you lie down, hypnotize you, eh? or take you along. Then listen to what you have to say. Yeah. Then he use psychological approach, or psycho, they call it psychological therapy. They cannot prescribe medication. Where they are not doctors. You understand? They are not doctors. The psychologist is not a doctor. A psychiatrist is a doctor who specializes in uh, mental problems. Yeah. Whereas the psychologist uses speech therapy, talk to you. <coughs> then there are a lot of fields now, it seems. Psychology and psychiatrists, there are a lot of fields where you can specialize in. Yeah. I think there are now a lot of people having this type of psychi psychiatric problem huh? uh, and also mental problem. Nowadays, young people also have. Uh, not necessarily when you grow old and you have. Uh, your society has become so different that the younger generation are the one that are subject to a lot of stress and mental issues or mental problems. And they cannot cope. And because they cannot cope, you can see the trend. Huh? Those that consult psychiatrists and psychologists, they are getting more and more. And more and more are young generation. And that is the reason why these courses are so popular. Huh? It seems can make a lot of money. Is where the money is. Yeah. Just sit down and talk to people. They pay you a big sum of money. Uh, or give them some medication. Then they depend on you. Yeah. Okay, we go to 3A. They usually prescribe chemical imbalance drug. 
to reduce the impact of fear, which may lead to panic attack due to chemical imbalance caused by certain hormone releases. This one, I think, for those who have gone through depression and consulted psychiatrists, they will understand. Because through science, these medical people, they know when you have fear leading to panic attack, it's all because the thought project, then it triggers off a type of hormone release. And this hormone release causes a type of chemical deficiency or imbalance. <coughs> so these psychiatrists, they know, they will try to give you this drug to balance back your chemical imbalance or chemical deficiency. So when they give it to you, it stabilizes back the emotion. So your fear the impact of fear become like reduced. Yeah. But this one is like a drug. <coughs> you become dependent. And over time, you need stronger dose. And this one will not give you a permanent fix. It's just a temporary fix. Yeah. Then when you are dependent, you will have problem. Because when you're traveling, if you don't have the drug or you forgot to drink bring them or you run out of that drug <coughs> you will have problem then the other possibility is when this drug no longer has its usual effect then you will start to panic again yeah. especially the sleeping pill tranquilizer eh? we go to 3B <coughs> The mind has become too active or restless, constantly preoccupied with the wrong thought leading to fear, worry, anxiety, and insomnia, inability to sleep. Doctors will then prescribe sleeping pills or tranquilizer, which are basically drugs. <coughs> the patient will become dependent and addicted to such drugs after a while. Then they need higher dose, higher dosage as time goes by, leading to more dependency on such drugs. So what happened is, from a lot of feedback by these uh, depressed people, <laughs> they came and see me, then I talked to them. Then I asked them, what happened to you? Then they told me they cannot sleep. Then I say, what do you do? They consulted psychiatrists. Then I say, what they give you? the sleeping pill, tranquilizer. So he said initially he worked for a while, yeah, maybe a few hours. Then later on, as he become more dependent and more intense, it doesn't even work for one or two hours. And it's like no more effect. Yeah. Then the fear intensifies and they become worse. <coughs> so the only way to fix all this is through an understanding, a wisdom, a meditative ability to calm yourself down, not to react, not to panic, to see clearly that no amount of fear, worry, anxiety can solve your problem. Then when you don't project your thought through ignorance, through delusion, you will be at peace. 
people project their thought because they do not understand what is going on. It is not a reality yet. Do you understand? But your thought project into the future and tell you, Die <laughs> What will happen if the biosis turn out to be positive? What will happen if I really have this critical or traumatic disease and all those things? Then this thought projection can be very, very powerful. And it can really create panic attack, intense fear, leading to insomnia. And all this, when it happens, the patient doesn't understand that this is just thought projection, not a reality. So why you allow it to happen? Why you allow it to make you so miserable? To afflict you? To cause you so much suffering, mental suffering? It's only a thought, like I always say, isn't it? And what are thoughts? They come and they go. They arise and they pass away. But if you deludedly cling, grasp, and project and give it power, then it will make you miserable. But if you allow it to arise and cease, then you realize it has to got no power over you. It's just a thought. Then your life, you decide how you want to live. You hold the key to your own life destiny, like I always ask. So inquire, why am I not peaceful? Why did I arise all this wrong thought that conditioned my fear, worry, anxiety, sorrow, and lamentation, suffering, and misery? Then why can't I arise the four right effort to abandon them, prevent them from arising? Then... Cultivate right effort to cultivate wholesome thought, right thought, beautiful thought, and perfect upon them, or refine and perfect upon them. So when you do all this, you start to reverse all this negative tendency, leading to wholesomeness of thought and mind, peacefulness within, calmness, joy. All these mind state will make you very, very positive and very healthy and your cell always recuperate. We have all the negative tendency of fear, worry, anxiety, sorrow and lamentation, phobia, insecurity, all will be gone. Instead you will have love, compassion, contentment, joy, then all the gratitude, including generosity, kindness, gentleness, pleasantness and goodness. Mm. So we read on uh, 3C. Mental suffering is conditioned by unwholesome thought with the three evil roots, forming a cocoon of wrong thought, born of accumulation of experiences, good and bad, rare memories, and the conditioned mind with its views, opinion, phobia, envy, jealousy, insecurity, resentment, all kinds of emotional negativity, etc., leading to depression and panic attack. If you treat your thought as a friend for you to use appropriately with understanding, you will have wholesome thought born of right view instead. Oh wait, uh, <laughs> that thing ran off. I had to on it again. 
Okay. I go and do the lock for my phone. Uh. It gave me more problem. You know, every time it locked me out. I have to wait for Sui to come back to help me unlock. <laughs> Anybody know how to unlock the, the, the password for the phone? Uh? Yeah? Tell me you know that. <laughs> no, it's a Samsung. Android. Oh, never mind. I wait for Sui to come back. Yeah? Okay, wait. Uh. I go back to 3C. Yeah? Uh. Ah, okay. So, all this mental suffering, uh, born of accumulation of experiences, good and bad, via memory, and the conditioned mind with its views, opinion, phobia, envy, jealousy, insecurity, resentment, and all kinds of emotional negativity, etc., leading to depression and panic attack. So always remember this. What are wrong talk? Whenever you have all this negativity of emotion or mental state or sankara, the wrong thoughts are there. The evil roots are there. And the easiest way is through mindfulness awareness to feel them. Because you will be very sensitive. Yeah? When you are mindful, you are very sensitive. So any slightest dislike or unhappy, just like what I used to advise you, whenever you are unhappy and not peaceful, when you are mindful, you will know. Whenever you are unhappy or not, not peaceful, when you have a situation that disturbs you, bothers you, means the evil roots are there, the wrong thoughts are there. That's why you are not peaceful. You are not able to come to terms with the reality of the moment. You are not at peace means you want things your way. Your mind is starting to create all the reaction. And all this will lead to delusion. The becoming. Wanting to be otherwise. Not able to be at peace with the world, with the moment, with the reality of life and existence. So 3D is if you treat your thought as a friend for you to use appropriately with understanding, you will have wholesome thought born of right view instead. Then you will be beautiful and you will have the good life. Thought is a good tool for you to use to help you live life. Do not use it to harm yourself or hit out at others. Thought is neither good or bad. It depends on the user of thought. Without wisdom, Thought will become wrong thought. Reason why cultivator must straighten their wrong views to develop wisdom. So mindfulness, awareness leading to your ability to see all this essential dhamma. Then only you know how to reverse them through straightening your views. Not to behave like before through self-delusion, heedless living. Yeah. So when you straighten your view, you will not react like before. Project your thought like before, no more. You straight away can accept the reality of the moment. Then you can act. Act with understanding. No more fear, no more worry, no more panic. No more thought projection. Because whatever happened, that is the reality. Like the Buddha said, 
whatever that arise, there are causes and conditions behind. And these causes and conditions the Buddha has explained. Most of the time is related to your karma. Because you are born of your karma, heir to your karma, condition is supported by your karma. And you are what you are because of your karma. So when you understand this karma, what must you do? Ah, take care of karma. Then you do what you have to do. Need to repent. Repent. Need to ask for forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness. Then vow not to repeat them. These are general guidelines. Then, when you vow not to repeat them, means you determine to follow the advice of the Buddha. To cultivate. To avoid all evil. Do good. Purify your mind. To develop wisdom. Then, you cultivate blessings, merits, wholesomeness. And with this blessing, wholesomeness, you can invoke the third condition. For causes and conditions, eh, by the power of merits, may arise the causes and conditions for you to have the good life or turn around from whatever problem you may be having or to resolve your coming obstacle amicably. Eh. Then number four, the four types of wrong speeches. They are false speech, harsh speech, backbiting, and frivolous speech. Then number five, Sister Yun Chan recalled walking down the precarious step of Fan Jing San from her recent Guizhou trip. She heard fearful comments like, wow, so steep, to which she responded with, don't look down and don't think, just walk. This enabled her to successfully complete the descending circuit. Bertil added that we should walk mindfully too and really get to know our own body. <coughs> if we need to rest, then rest. Be attentive and walk mindfully so that you will not lose your balance. You need to hold on to the railing or chain to ensure safety. Then just do it. It is important to maintain awareness during the climb. Example, be mindful of our breathing with wise attention. Recognize what is fit and unfit for attention. When you are mindful, mind in full awareness, there is naturally no thinking, and you are fully aware and you are more sensitive. As emphasis in J. Krishnamurti's daily quote, Listening brings freedom. Then Krishnamurti said, be simple, remember? Don't let wrong thought or habitual tendency complicate matter or cloud your awareness and dull your mundane mind. Means the movement of thought. Yeah. When you are simple, you will not do all those things. That's why be simple. Don't try to be anything. <laughs> don't fight, don't resist. Don't control. Then number six. Sister PG shared her experience from the early morning after the rain in the Fanjing Sun Pore Resort. It was so still, so beautiful, with exceptional energy. Also when sitting in meditation in the main hall of the Golden Buddha Temple, where the golden statue of Maitreya Buddha was located, the mind could become so still and silent so fast. Number seven, Bratio recap last Thursday sharing. 
by his daughter of a donation she made to the Hart Foundation some time ago. She had the thought, Kena cheated already, and her mind was caught in mental negativity. Example, how can people do this? For quite a while, festering into emotional turmoil, she recalled an inquiry from the Cameron Highland Retreat, which inquire why this thought and not other thought. This inquiry helped her and freed her through understanding. By reversing the thought that trapped her, choosing to perceive all life situations with wholesomeness and understanding instead of negativity, then she reflected positively. That is, maybe it is genuine. Then, even if it's not genuine, maybe they need my money. Then, the last one is, what is done? It's done. Let it be. Uh, just like Kuang Ching Lao He Sang, uh, the wise advice. You know the meaning. Uh? Whatever you do, finish means finish. Don't go and recall and try to like, 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 uh, find out whether you did it correct or not. Uh, that one all, no meaning. <laughs> Then sometimes you think, ah, you, I should have done that. Then remorse, unhappiness, understand. Then sometimes in the office, you do something that, ah, you, I shouldn't have done this to my colleague. Why I so stupid? It's no more reality, understand? All this will bring about remorse, unhappiness, negativity or mind state. See? It locked me out again. <laughs> I have to reopen it. Huh? So this one is very important, eh? very useful. Okay. When she reversed all this, she realized her mind state become very different. Then the other thing is, is it filled with awareness. Whenever you are not peaceful and unhappy, the wrong thoughts and evil roots are there. Huh? This is as per my advice. Then number four. True cultivators are sensitive because they are constantly aware. That's why when you have mindfulness and awareness, you are very sensitive. All of your subtle greed, subtle emotion, fear, insecurity or what, you can feel them because you are mindful, aware. And you are not heedlessly lost in thought, caught in the emotion and all those things. That's why mindfulness free the mind and make it sensitive. Uh, and it can detect very fast. And when you are sensitive and when you can detect them, they cannot continue to arise because you know this is creating suffering, affliction. That's why people who are mindful, they are very sensitive and they cannot tolerate all this. So they will immediately take action through wisdom, through understanding. So true cultivators are sensitive because they are constantly aware any stirring of the mind or thought, whether wholesome or unwholesome, leading to positive and negative emotion can be easily detected. 
with wisdom at the moment of sense experience, Yoniso Manasikara, thought will have no power over you. That's why after you can feel them, then you reflect, contemplate, then you trace the origination factor, then you know why it arises. Then retrospectively reverse it to an understanding by straightening your views. So that the next time you encounter them, you will know how to be at peace. You can accept the reality of the moment through seeing things as they are. Understanding that the world is the world. People are just the way they are. Okay? Then number eight. Take care of karma. How do you do it? Everything arises and ceases due to cause and condition. They are all dependent originating. Realize the beautiful, empty nature of existence, the anatta nature. Everything within the conditioned world are conditioned dhamma. No reality, dreamlike, illusion, bubble and shadow. Like a morning dew, very transient, like a lightning flash, passes by very fast. Impermanent. Contemplate it thus. This one is from the Diamond Sutta. Eh? Mm, the stanza, the four stanza. Then take care of mind. How to take care of mind? Understand that mind is the forerunner of all things. Mind is chief. When mind arises, everything arises. That's why we must take care of mind. And how to take care of mind? You must understand what constitutes evil. Then be mindful. And they arise. Then apply the five ways to abandon them and to overcome unwholesome thought, unwholesome speech, and unwholesome uh, action, speech, and thought process. Yeah. So all these three, you will know how to deal. Okay, we finish. Do you have any question or anything to add? To what we have discussed last Tuesday. Anybody? Bernard. Ah, okay, then we continue. Pish? Ah, yeah, use the mic. Pass the mic to uh, Tammy. Ah, yes, uh, Vincent. Uh, pass to Vincent first. Yeah, yeah, pass to Vincent first. <laughs> wait, wait, you use the mic for the recording, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Vincent, yes. Yes, Bratio. Yeah. You mentioned just not taking care of the mind. Yeah. Uh, apart from watching the thoughts and all these things, uh, uh, be mindful. Does, uh, does, uh, be mindful. Uh, does chanting, singing, yeah. or whatever helps in that sense? Yeah, yeah, it will, like, uh, it will help. Do your puja, do things like that. Yeah, yes, yes. Because this will build up your faith, your spiritual faculties. Then your mind state with the spiritual faculty will be more collected. Uh, they will have the spiritual faculty to receive spiritual teaching. So especially when you do Mahayana chanting or Parita chanting, the most effective, uh, what they call, benefits of all this chanting is it gives rise to a type of faith in you. Uh, and this faith is actually a spiritual faculty. 
that can allow you to calm your mind down. Your mind becomes composed, collected. And with that faith, when you chant, it's very positive. Instead of being heedless, lost in thought and all those things. So mindfulness is the next stage. When you have developed the spiritual faculty, yeah, even singing also same. If you like singing, yeah, singing open up your heart. Do you know that? Because if you sing with understanding, that emotion is there in the cell. And that emotion actually opens up your heart. Because the feeling body is next to your true mind. Yeah. That's why whatever happens, when there's a lightning strike or what, when you have fear, where do you feel it? It's not in the head. It's always in the heart there. Because that is the source of feeling. And it's just next to your gateway. Yeah. The, the two are very near. That's why when you are not careful, you become emotional very fast. Yeah. That's why ladies tend to be more emotional. Because the DNA is such. Yeah. They, 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 they have the tendency to cry more. They are the more emotional type of uh, behavior. They call it the female feminine or the yin, yin energy, the yin type of vibration. So they, they, they tend towards that feminine type. Yeah. So if you sing with understanding means the feeling inside. That's why those who go for singing competition, the judges will always tell them, your singing today is very good because you sing with the full feeling. And when you sing with the full feeling, it's like very genuine, you understand, from your heart and your nature. Yeah. Because you really feel it. The expression of that, that feeling and the emotion that come with the song's lyrics will make a big difference to your singing quality. The vibration all will be different. And when you do that, your singing will actually help you to have a lot of what they call energy at the heart there. Yeah, at the heart there. Because when I was young, I also like to sing. Yeah. And I like to sing all these Mandarin songs which I never learned from anybody. I just listen. That's why most of it, I only know a little bit of the lyrics. But I know the music quite well. Yeah. Then when I listen... I like the music because some of the words I understand. Yeah. Then I tend to like learn how to sing it. Yeah. And the singing, when it come out, I can feel that feeling inside is very strong. That's why certain type of Mandarin song, I have a lot of uh, what they call interest uh, in those songs. Especially that song, Wang Si Zi Nan Hui Wei is very meaningful. Yeah. Then there are other, uh, uh, what they call Mandarin songs, which are full of meaning and emotion. Yeah. Like the one we sing at the spiritual trip. Putta Liao. Putta Liao. Fong. 
the description is very good. Then the whole thing continues. Uh, when I was young, I liked that song because it, it reflects nature. Uh, he said, when the wind blows, the branches, the leaves, they move. Uh, then as it moves, the sunlight uh, penetrates through. Uh, and the meaning is very good. Mm. Does that answer your question? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes on the 15th of the lunar month, I just drop by and miss places. Eh? Ah, yes. And sometimes they have yeah, long, that, that chanting, long, the long chanting, the long chanting, chanting, the, chanting, the, chanting, the, chanting, the 88 Buddha or the, Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the very long scripture mm. chanting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you can feel peaceful, calm, and the faith is there. Uh, but this one is to train your spiritual faculty. That's why Mahayana chanting has this power. It developed the faith in the great beings. Like this 88 Buddha, in all the 88 Buddhas, it develops the faith and the affinity. Where every time you chant with the understanding, not only your faith is very strong, you do your prostration, you pay your respect, yeah. and all this vibration open up your heart. Yeah. And you cultivate affinity. And through chanting it mindfully, you develop mindfulness without you knowing it. So when you chant until one day, the chanting and the awareness become one. Then when you go there, you don't have to chant. The vibration that you hear from their chanting, your awareness is one with it. And it becomes very different. So for those who can do that, the sati will build up. And this sati will become very strong, very powerful. Then this sati, yeah, sometimes you are not there, no chanting, nothing, but it will appear inside your heart. Yeah. Sometimes it's somewhere at the brain up there. Uh, it will just start by itself. Yeah. In the early days, I remember this mantra, uh, this chanting of Amitabha. Mm. Because in my past, I must have done a lot of this chanting. That's why when I received the tape, Kuang Ching Lao Sang, Kai Lu, he speak, somebody speak on his behalf, all the, his cultivation and all those things. But behind the background is this chanting. Very, very clear. Then every time I listen to the tape, the chanting takes precedence. My awareness is with that, no? because the Dhamma is already very clear to me. Then every time it happens, because I put it in my car, that time was cassette, tape recorder. Cassette, cassette tape. I remember it was given to me by Sister Sumitra and Reverend Manda, part one and part two. That's why I, I, I love those two cassettes. When I listen, until one day, I did it on the cassette tape. 
I was driving like normal. Then all of a sudden, uh, this chanting uh, from the brain up there arise uh, by itself. No? Then I realized my awareness is one with it. No? Then I quickly park my car somewhere. I silent everything and I just relax. That thing went in so deep yeah, until my mind like this. That's why when you are one with the chanting, your mindfulness and awareness become very different. And you will know what sati is after that. There is no one inside there chanting. The awareness and the chanting become one. It much. Yeah. Then there is no word, no verbalization, nothing. It's just the way. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Then Tammy. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, Tammy, Tammy, Tammy. Where's Tammy? Oh, yeah, she's there. <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask something, but I, uh, I think never mind, you yeah, slowly. might cause some uh, um, reprimand. <laughs> what is it? Reprimand? Oh, never mind. Don't okay. worry. All of them got that mm. one. Uh, okay. Uh. Um, I was asking about thought. Uh. Yeah. You say that uh, thought don't think about it. It will cause more um, um, cause more confusion later. Right? Uh-huh. Don't think. Then, um, like for example, if uh. some thoughts arise, uh. like uh. some thoughts that. You know, you do not know how it arrived, but when it arrives already, yeah. then I was thinking maybe we can contemplate on. I mean, okay. it's not really like it's like you arrive, but you don't know how it arrives. Then how uh. that thing sees, you know, it's like I feel that um I should contemplate it like how it yeah, yeah. arrives. Then it when it arrives, there is another thought telling you that you should contemplate. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, then continue. After that, what happened? Um, uh. Well, after that... Uh, mm-hmm. Then did you contemplate? Um, uh. Yes. Uh. Yeah, then did you find out why that thought arise? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Yeah. Why that thought arise? Uh. Um, it's it has to do with your uh, daily life. Uh, uh, yeah, uh. La, daily life. Uh-huh. Now uh-huh. it's just like, for example, uh, uh-huh. it's like last time you say we ask uh-huh. us to silence our mind. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. Then now I notice the more I silent the mind, uh-huh. it's the more I aware of the thought. You know, the okay. thought that arise, okay. thought that arise. Very good. Arrive. You will pass through this phase, this stage. Yeah. But I will, I will advise you after that. And then uh-huh. the thought that arise, then aware uh-huh. of that thought, then you, you like settle. Down. Actually, there's another thought that. Telling you uh, what to do, uh, yeah, then, yeah. then you kind of like hold on to that thought. Then actually, when you arrive, realize that you're holding on to that thought, uh, actually you're holding uh, on. Not, uh, uh, you're not aware. Really. Yeah, then yeah. after that, there's another one. Yeah. It's like. Do you realize what is happening or not when this thing happens? You are not silent. You are not aware long enough. Your stability, your awareness is not stable yet. That's why this thing keep on happening. Then when it happens, indirectly, you are actually drawn or distracted by this 
so-called inquiry in inverted comma. Understand? Huh? You think it's an inquiry. We have another thought tell you to do something. Another thought tell you to do something. And you are busy seeing all this thought. It's not you see. It's another thought telling you. The real awareness is you are aware means you are with the thought. Understand? Huh? As it arises. Then you clearly aware of the movement. But before you can have this awareness of it, you already start to create thought. Do you understand? That's why I say you are not silent enough. That's why I say relax, aware. 24 hours. Impossible. Means as silent as you can. Don't try to know. Whatever arises, let it arise. Then the contact that comes through sense experience, because your senses are open. You understand? Your five physical senses and the mind, this six senses, they are fully engaged. Because you are a human being. Then upon contact, something will happen. Following Patija Samupana. But don't try to know. Awareness, upon contact, whatever movement, just away, finish. Away, finish. Another one, away, finish. The furthest you should go is away, perceive, finish. Don't proliferate. Don't go and analyze. Don't go and like inquire and follow the thought, tell you to reflect, to contact. Forget about that. That only you do when you come out of it. You understand? That's why I always say contemplation and reflection should be done after the meditation, when you come out of the formal meditation, unless you have that stability of mindfulness to inquire when something happens. Yeah. When something happens, it's an awakening. Then within that formal meditation line now, you can reflect, you can contemplate. But you must have that stability and understanding. Otherwise, wait for it to finish. Come out of the formal meditation, then start your reflection and contemplation. Just now what happened? Or whatever the mind, the thought tell you that you have to reflect, contemplate, to stabilize your understanding, you tell the mind, after the meditation, I will do it. So when you are in the meditation, just relax away. Whatever arises, away, 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 let it pass. You want to perceive, perceive, then finish. Continue away. You have to continue until the thought, everything slow down. Everything slow down. Because when you don't give it any more attention or meaning, the mind becomes required. 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 Then all your vibration becomes required. Even your heartbeat, everything becomes required. Until finally, stillness. Tranquility. No more movement. No more thinking. Nothing. And the awareness that is very, very clear and very, very, uh, what they call still, the mind that has this level of stability of mindfulness and awareness, it can awaken, it can understand many things. Then within that silence, a lot of understanding will arise by itself. That's why you are now going through that phase. 
it, it's just like a lot of people used to tell you all last time. Uh, before you learn the Dhamma, the evil root uh, actually a lot, uh, very gross, uh, keep on arising, but because you are heedless, lost in thought, you don't know. But because you learn a little bit of Dhamma, then what happens? When you go to retreat, your mind more quiet. Uh, you tend to see, Ayo, I have a lot of dirty thoughts. Uh, I have a lot of craving. Uh, it's not because before that, don't have. All the while, got a lot. But because now you learn a little bit of Dhamma, then your thought recall, then you don't know how to deal with it. You understand not? Uh, a lot of people during the early days when I attend retreat, I remember they come and tell me, they, they ask me, Hey, dear, you got such problem. Uh. I said, what problem? He said, a lot of, a lot of dirty thought, la. a lot of craving, la. especially the last day. Think of chakwetiao, everything. Uh, he said, oh. yeah. I said, I don't have such thing. For me, I just relax away. I, I don't have such problem. I said, all this thought, they got nothing to do with you, understand? They are what they call habitual tendency. Respond to memory. They arise and they pass away. Why did you hold on to it? Why do you give meaning? Then when you hold on to it, give meaning, you try to push it away. You understand? It's just like sensu. Huh. He get rid of the unwholesome thought. Understand? Polish until it shines so that no dust alive. So all his thought, he wants to be right thought. He wants to be aware, mindful. Cannot. If you do that, you tired out your mind. Why must you do that? You have to develop the understanding to transcend duality. It's not about good and bad meditation. All these are duality created by thought. So after you create good meditation, then whatever is not this state, the opposite will manifest there. Then how can you kill your own creation? How can you stop your own creation? You can't. That's why Huining come in and just tell him, originally there was nothing. Who created dust? Defilement. Since you created it, isn't it? Then he tried to do away with his own creation through what? Through thought again. That's why the fifth page here told him, you are at the gate of enlightenment. You don't know how to go in. Because he has developed the mindfulness very well. But he cannot pass the duality test. Understand? He still hold on to good and bad, right and wrong. He wants the positive, he rejects the negative. But wisdom is not like that. Wisdom is to see clearly that this is the mundane mind, not your true mind. Mundane mind has duality. Mundane mind will keep on using words and concepts, create all this. But your nature is beyond the mundane mind. That's why since you got trapped there. Then winning, he realized that is not your true mind. Then Puti Pangusu. He said Bohi is never a tree. Then Ming Ching means 
Sun Xiuting, the mirror bright on the stand is the true mind. No, that is your mundane mind. That is not your true mind. That's why Hui Ning, he tear the whole poem apart. Sun Xiu say, our body is like a bohi tree. Yeah. Then, after that, he said, our mind is like a mirror bright on the stand. He tied it apart. He said, Bohi is not a tree. Nothing to do with the tree. Bohi is wisdom to be awakened to. Nothing to do with the form and mind. Then, the true mind is neither the mirror bright nor the stand. But that is the mundane mind. And the true mind is originally, there is nothing inside there. Before it created, there was nothing. So, where can the dust alight? But you don't create duality. You don't create defilement. Defilement cannot arise. That's why he tear his poem apart. Then he has that understanding, which is beyond sensu. So sensu trapped in duality cannot break free. So when you are still holding on to those thoughts without you being aware, where you think you are already aware, then there is another, you have been reporting this a few times already. When you were in Burma, when you came back also, you tell me, there is another mind behind, another mind behind. Which is correct. Because when you start to be aware, it's just like all those defilement and thought. Last time when you are not mindful, aware, you don't see them. But now you start to see them, doesn't mean that there is more of it, understand? Or? Actually, it has reduced. But because of your awareness, you are able to be aware. Then sometimes because your thought, you are able to recall and recollect what happened. That's why it's thought recalling another thought. Understand? And that is not awareness. Awareness is when you are completely silent. Then when the thought arises, the awareness is with it. The awareness is with the movement. That's why I say it can be at the moment of feeling, at the moment of stirring of mind, reaction, sankara activity. It can be there. That movement and the awareness, like the chanting and the, the, the awareness, is one. Then when you start to see all this movement without commenting, without condemning, without comparing, without saying it's right or wrong, that's how you learn. That is how you develop wisdom. Then you see how it conditions you into negativity. How it projects your thought, lead to fear, worry. Then when you start to see all this, then you start to ask yourself, after you come out of the meditation, what is all this? Who am I? What am I? This movement that come and go, come and go, dependent originating condition arising, has got nothing to do with you. Then why do you allow it to make the form and mind like that? That's why through this understanding you awaken, you straighten your view. Then you reflect on the teaching. Sankara Anichang means what? All thinking, all emotion are impermanent. They lead to suffering. And because they are impermanent, they are non-self, empty. Then you realize, hey, this is where human beings get caught, deluded, self-delusion. They go and give meaning, cling, project their thought and arise the suffering. That's why Sankara Dukkang. Then Sankara Anichang means you see every thought that arises, they pass away. This is. 
This idea dependent originating. Thought is respond to memory. They are not you. No reality. Then when you start to see all this, you straighten your view. Means everything follow nature's law. For the mind function like what the Buddha teach, dependent originating, condition arising, dwelling, paticca samupada. So it's all like that. Upon contact, all this will arise. Then without right view, yoniso manasikara, feeling will be conditioned into craving. You see it. Because it moves into like and dislike, pleasant and unpleasant, then emotion. Fear, worry, anxiety, the evil root. Because this is craving. So once you see all this, you start to understand. People are just the way they are. Before they are enlightened, when they are still deluded, they will think like that. They will react like that. They will respond like that. That's why I used to share uh, at the Sunday class and also some of the Tuesday and Thursday class, even last Thursday when Jeff Oliver was there. I gave the example of Sue. You remember the New Zealand Sue? Yeah. That is what is happening. So all this movement, you must see them. Then when you see them, you understand how you become what you are, then you understand how others become what they are. You understand? I told Sue is the reverse. Where he see other people first. He saw their greed. They are what they call... uh, desire for blessing and all those things. Then he saw their thought projection and all those things. Then luckily she recalled what I shared with her. He said she reversed the light and see her own. Uh, she see others, then she go with it and see her own. But she doesn't know how to see her own because the stability of mindfulness is not there. That's why I told her, what you have done is not bad. That's why not. At least you start to see how others get into this. Because he was so quiet, so silent, and so still. Remember? I told him, I told her that it's a conditioned mind. Because she conditioned herself to be like that. She said, this is a spiritual trip. I'm going to the four holy places of the Buddha. I vow to have the faith very strong. Then I determined to silence my mind. Not to speak, not to talk. That's why he conditioned herself into that state. Then he asked me, Pratyo, why are I on this spiritual trip to India? I like no thought. Very calm, very still. The way she described every noise before she described the second part, I said, this is the conditioned state. You know why I know or not? I asked her, are you aware? She cannot answer me. I asked her, you go and listen to that day. Are you aware? She cannot answer me. Then I explain in the Sunday class, if you are aware, it's different. Because it is a free mind, not a conditioned mind. You will not be conditioned into such calmness, stillness. To her, it's like no thought, no. Then after that, I think a few minutes later, after I finish, she answered. She said, yeah, but I agree with you. I think I'm in a conditioned state. Because she realized she also have fear. She also have dislike for the beggar. You remember? They come after her until she cringe. You remember? Huh. On one side, he said he very calm, very still, no thought. 
On the other one, he has fear and dislike toward all this. What is all this? No thought yet. Fear, dislike, cringe. Means you are not mindful. There is a conditioned state. Your mind is not a free mind. If you have a free mind, it's very sensitive. All this you will know how to deal. Because when you understand yourself, you understand others. That's why I use that to explain. So I say the right cultivation is start with yourself. When you see yourself, you can be aware of your subtle greed, subtle fear, subtle insecurity, phobia, all those things. Then you start to understand how you are conditioned into such mind state. How you still have that subtle desire, selfishness, craving, thought projection, everything. So when you understand, then you start to reverse all this to an understanding. All this happens because of your wrong view, sakharity, self-delusion, that condition your selfishness, your emotional negativity, your fear, your like and dislike. But you think you exist. You want things your way. And when you cannot get what you want, you become unhappy. That's why like and dislike, pleasant. All this you start to see. Then you realize all this movement is a result of wrong view, sakharity. That's why under the Bodhisattva vow and the taking of the Bodhisattva precept, you know how it generates vast amount of merits or not, the moment you receive the precept. Because the Bodhisattva walk the path of the Bodhisattva way through having this understanding that it is not going for self-liberation. They come for the living being. And so there is no mark of a self-cultivating. That's why they liberate that sakhyadity, self-delusion, straight away. That's why their cultivation becomes very different. If you don't root that out, it's very difficult. So you have to straighten your view and tell yourself, why should I react and create all this movement? Why should I compare, charge? And get myself distracted in the midst of life. Why can't I just accept the reality of the moment? Like the Buddha's advice. See things as they are. Means, if I am like that, because I don't have right view, I have delusion. Other people who don't have right view and delusion, they will also behave like that. You understand? That's why you can accept them for what they are. Deluded people do deluded things. Selfish people do selfish things. Ignorant people do ignorant things. They will project their thought, create fear, entangle themselves. So they are just the way they are. And the world is the world, like the Buddha said. If conditioned like that, things will be like that. Whatever that arise, there are causes. So when you reflect and contemplate, then you realize this is where living beings go wrong. I have to straighten my view to see things as they are, to accept the reality of the moment. Then when you start to have this understanding, this is Yoniso Manasikara, the initial wisdom, first turning contemplation, uh, sorry, first turning understanding leading to second turning, reflection, contemplation and inquiry. Then when these two stabilize, you can deal with sense experience. The next time it arises, you are not going to react the same way. Where you have straightened your view, they are just the way they are. You are at peace. Understand? And you can smile, you can have joy, and you can accept them for what they are. And you can, with the awareness and mindfulness, really observe. 
Now no more like before. That's all. You realize inside does not stir and react like before anymore. You understand. That as you continue to stabilize this, you will realize one day it cannot arise anymore. That's how the Satipatthana is all about. Initially, under Dhammanupasana, mindfulness has the six internal sense bases and six external sense bases. The Buddha say when you are aware, mindful, the third way and the fourth way, you develop the wisdom. Then you will come to know how the unerased mental hindrance come to be. It's through your senses, anasana, through your wrong view. It's there, it come out. Okay? Then you continue to be aware, silent, then you realize it sits by itself. You don't have to do anything. Then you don't deludedly cling, grasp and keep meaning and try to analyze and try to comment and compare and try to come up with thought-based meditation. If you don't do that, it will cease by itself. Fear will cease. Selfishness, anger, hatred, all will cease. But they are not intrinsic within your nature. They are dependent, originating mind state, condition arising, stir. The stirring of mind comes from your wrong view. Then you realize this is not real. This is not you. Then when it ceases, you feel relief. Your true mind comes back to you. That's how you meditate. Then after you have this understanding, you become so different. Then you realize meditation is very simple. The Dhamma is very simple. No need to think so much. No need to like all those people. Wow, must do this, must do that, must let go, must not attach, must not... All these are work, cannot be done. The one that can free you is wisdom. Understanding that arise through this silent mind that is aware and seeing ceasing. You see the fear ceasing. You see the anger, whatever emotion, whatever negativity or mind state, you see how it is by doing nothing. Then the Satipatthana say what? You will come to understand how the arisen mental hindrance or wrong thought, wrong speech and wrong action cease to be. Then later on, after you do until very stable, you will come to know that all this will not arise in the future. That is the real rooting out of defilement to wrong view. You can only root it out through right view, wisdom. Nothing free the mind except wisdom. Always remember that. So that is the real cultivation. So, silent, don't try to know. Just do. Aware, aware, aware. The furthest you should let it go is aware, perceive, cease again. After you aware and perceive, huh, the thought is going to come out. You understand? Huh? But through memory, the words, the concept, then your views and opinion and the Sankara movement all going to come out. That's why you are no longer aware. Lost in thought. Then the analysis, the comparing, the condemning, the, the right and wrong, license you, the duality, all come out. When you meditate, don't. Just let things be. Arise, pass away. Arise, pass You just experience the awareness of it. The awareness of contact. The awareness of the consciousness arising. Then if you want to be at the moment of feeling, you can stay there. 
But you don't have the stability, it will track you, distract you, condition you to think. That's why top proliferation become very fast. It will arise very fast. And when it arises, you are completely distracted. You are no longer aware. Ah, yes. You cannot stop it. We are taught, wait, wait. I, I, I explain to you. Eh? To say that you cannot is also not correct. You can through concentration, focusing, so that the thought cannot move. But that one no use. That one is a conditioned state. So thought, you cannot fight it. You cannot suppress it. Do you know why? Because thought, according to the Buddha, is due to avijja. Avijja pacha sankara. Dependent on ignorant avijja. You know avijja. It conditions mental activity, thinking. That's why thought is respond to memory due to self-delusion and ignorance. Without self-delusion and ignorance, you wouldn't think. Even with the memory there, you wouldn't think. Like in my case, with the memory, there is no thought. It doesn't respond. It doesn't create unless I want to use thought. Then I let it arise. Because there is no more delusion. We even not think also like that. Don't think also like that. Even not think. Because it will go through that phase. The very moment of arising of thought is suffering. The fine suffering, you feel it. The very moment of awareness of feeling is also suffering. Then the Sankara movement, everything. Everything is suffering. When you have that refineness of mindfulness, sensitivity of mindfulness, the mind will know and it will tell you. If you want to suffer, go and think. You will go through that phase. That's why after that experience comes, you will enter cessation very often, very often. You will realize Nibbana very often. Until it stabilizes, until it understands. Then after that, the mind will revert back to another type of mind. We call it the super mundane mind. Yeah. Very fine. A new type of mind come out. Uh, and this one is very fine. Uh, this one is not like last time, very gross. All the suffering, you can feel them and all those things. Yeah. This one is very fine, like no mind inside there. And you have to learn how to use it. Yeah. So don't try to stop. Unless you root out wisdom, thinking cannot stop. Thinking will continue to proliferate. Avijapacha Sankara, that link is very active. That's why I say, as you straighten your view, you have more and more Yoniso Manasikara, wisdom at the moment of sense experience, the initial wisdom. And this will reduce your thinking. As you straighten your view, you got less avijja, less self-delusion. Then when you have less, Sankara also become less. That's why you have more and more moments of mindfulness, more and more moments of peace, space between thought. All this will happen. And this is what progress is all about. If you cannot experience this, you cannot progress. Because when you start to have this initial wisdom, Yoniso Manasikara, after you have straightened your view, then you will have less and less reaction of mind. Understand or not? 
pleasant, unpleasant, like and you have much less already. When you know these are all due to wrong view, wrong thought. When I can accept things as they are, I don't get angry anymore. I, I don't develop the dislike and unhappiness towards that person anymore. No, that one is a conditioned state of the mind. Forget about it. Even the so-called samadhi before the wisdom come in, that is what they call samadhi. Samadhi is collected unwavering. That one is a conditioned state. But when that one allows you to see things as they are, you don't have that in the midst of life, daily mindfulness, when you see something, hear something, or smell, taste, tactile, feel, or think, the mind will stir. But because you have samadhi, it will not stir. Understand? Not stir means what? It will not allow the brain, the memory, to come and condition you to react. Means you are not acting according to memory. Because that stability of samadhi will allow you to see things as they are. Then you realize no word. No word means what? I see things without word. The pure perception as they are. Then I understand. Before the word come in, before the perception come in, the views and opinion all cannot come in. But the moment I perceive and I recall to memory, then all this light and this light, habitual tendency, views, opinion, and content, they start to come in. That's why you cannot develop the wisdom anymore. That's why when you see things as they are, then you realize everything is just the way they are, following nature's law. Condition like that, things will be like that. Understand? People are just the way they are. The world is the world. Uh, so all this understanding will come about through the awareness. Then when the wisdom arises, that wisdom protects the mind from stirring. Means it has the understanding. It's no longer deceived by the phenomenal world. So what happens is the last factor of enlightenment is born of wisdom. Equanimity of mind born of wisdom is the real upeka, not the one in the fourth jhana, not the one in the conditioned state of mind that is so calm and concentrated until the mind cannot move. Understand? So that is not the real upeka enlightenment. The upeka enlightenment is wisdom arise after sati and samadhi has the ability to see things as they are awakened through insight. Then after your initial wisdom, you straighten your view. Then you have less and less of this sankara, more and more moment of mindfulness. That's why your daily mindfulness becomes very stable, very easy to uh, stay, uh, to arise so that it reaches the stability for you to insight into phenomena through the third turning. Bhavana mayapanya. That is, you have to go through the initial wisdom, then do the sati sampajana before you can do the, what they call, four foundation of mindfulness. And four foundation of mindfulness is always stated at the beginning, after overcoming covetousness and grief. This is what Manyuan was asking me. Uh, she can't understand. He said, isn't covetousness and grief part of the satipatthana? No, the satipatthana is the whole practice. This whole practice you cannot do until your daily mindfulness is very stable. And your daily mindfulness cannot be stable unless your initial wisdom is there. That's why Avijja Sutta, the 10th step, is all stated very clearly there. 
and you have to develop them. That's why this right view, straightening of view, Yoniso Manasikara is very important, the initial right view, so that you will have more and more moments of peace, more and more moments of awareness, space between thought, so that you have less Sankara. And that one is a movement by itself, leading to real progress. Then only you can do your daily mindfulness, otherwise you cannot do, because you are not ready. And when your daily mindfulness, Sati Sampajana, is not stable, you cannot go into the four foundations of mindfulness. That's why Kayanupasana state all these steps before you go into the real second foundation, third foundation, and fourth foundation. Because Kayanupasana stabilizes your mindfulness. You can use Anapanasati or anything. Then once your mindfulness stabilizes, you have to develop the mindfulness in daily life. So the next category of practice is what? Mindfulness of the four posture. Remember? Standing, sitting, walking, lying down. Then, after that, continue to the third category of practice. Mindfulness of all action and movement between the four posture. Means, mindfulness of all action and all movement in the present moment. Covering all the intermittent movement between the four posture means everything you do you must have awareness you must be ever mindful constantly meditating and that is heedfulness without that you don't stand a chance when that one arises only the real vipassana arise the real meditation starts means you are heedful in the midst of life that's why without all this initial wisdom Daily mindfulness, you can never, never do it. The awakening cannot arise. Those who go through formal meditation and awaken in their past life, they have done before. But most of these people who have done before in the past life, they normally through hearing. You look at the Buddha's time. All the disciples, through hearing, listening to him on it. Then after that, Anattalakana Sutta, all listening on it. They awaken. Understand? The one that went into the formal meditation are all actually caught, mostly caught in the energy field. That is just to stabilize your mind, to develop the silent mind, the mind that has the ability to enter sati, to realize paucity. When the mind enters sati, then when you come out of it, then you realize everything is in sati. Seeing, hearing, smell, taste, tactile. Kaya, activity, movement. It's like the mind that enters sati. Suddenly this mind is in sati. Then everything is see is in sati. Everything is here is in sati. Where the mind is in sati. And that is what pasati is all about. Tranquility of mind, stillness of mind, the silent mind. They follow you. That's why the form of meditation is to train your mind until you hit pasati. Otherwise, your daily mindfulness cannot come. When you hit that one, then your daily mindfulness can come very fast. Yeah. That's why a lot of people don't understand the practice, the cultivation. And they cannot do it. That's why to root out and free the mind is not what you think. Not what you think. Okay, we better end. Huh? I have... I have uh, yeah, you can still ask. Yeah. 
Just now when you were explaining, yeah. I found that uh. there's some point that I even you see yeah. many times. Yeah, yeah, I repeated many times actually. Yeah, and then uh. um, actually that what was I was explaining is because uh. not during the sitting is like when in daily life you can you feel like not some some things happen and you feel uneasy, you know. Yeah, yeah, then yeah. that's why I and I. I was thinking that I was aware because the whole thing correct, uh, correct. But uh, that one is, is the thought. Uh, the, the thought. whole thing uh. believe, because when you are aware, means what? No, uh, tell me. Remember, re- remember. Make a note. When you feel the uneasy, yeah, don't go and allow thought to come out anymore. Silent and go there. Maintain awareness there. Then see what happens. Don't do anything. It sees that. Then you become like hollow inside there, isn't it? Very light lah, very light lah, hollow lah, like peace. That is your true mind. You have to realize more and more of that. Then only the wisdom will come. Actually, the true mind is already in the meditative state. Without thought, that mind is there. You cannot realize that because the thought is distracting you creating a lot of movement that distract the mundane mind. Create all the mundane thinking, activity. And that is not your true mind. And without the true mind, you cannot meditate. You cannot understand. You cannot awaken. Then you keep on using Dhamma. Understand? To analyze. To inquire. To understand. That one is all thought. Uh, yeah, views and opinion. Not to say you didn't notice, because it's all in your subconscious and unconscious. They are there. The accumulated conditioning has many layers behind. That's why you have the subtle one. You have the gross one that you can see, like the gross ignorance, the gross avijja. Emotion, anger, negative. But the subtle one are the one that after you have transformed or after you have progressed, then you think you can never get angry already. Then you think you are now different already. But actually, the subtle mana, you know it's mana, huh? the subtle ego inside there, that one that say, I got no more anger. I got no more like and dislike. But actually the movement is so fine you cannot see, you cannot feel, you are not sensitive. But when you are fully aware and mindful, the slightest movement can be detected by the awareness, the mindfulness. But this is a movement by the thought. And it's very gross. But when you don't have the mindfulness, you cannot feel them, you think they are not there. Understand? That's why after that you realize a lot of things you cannot do. But the slightest movement create karmic thing already. Create karmic conditioning already. Especially towards the end before you awaken, before the enlightenment happened, it will show it to you one. Never will want to break all this one. And it will come very far. But the mind can see it. The intention arise, straight away the conditioning will come. It will let you see. That nature's law is like that. Law of karma is like that. You cannot play a fool. You cannot take things for granted. Thing is just the way it is. Very, very different from what people think. 
But those thought based on they use Dhamma to inquire, to justify, to actually develop the comparison and thinking that they know, they understand. It's still knowledge, Dhamma knowledge, theory. And they say, oh, this is greed. This is what the Buddha say, avijja, pachya sankara. Yeah, you try to relate to the Dhamma, but you don't see in your silent mind, your awareness, the movement, the activity. When they arise, the awareness is with it. Then you realize, what's the, who's the? If nothing stir, then how come there is a movement? Actually, it's avijja stir, anasana. Avijja is ignorant, especially self-delusion. The egoic mind is so strong, so powerful, it's not easy to root out. Because everything you do is from thought, and thought is egoic before you awaken, before you are enlightened. So thought needs wisdom to understand. Yeah, I always explain what the user of thought is most important. Understand? Thought is neither good or evil. The user of thought without wisdom will give rise to wrong thought. But the user of thought who is awakened with the wisdom will give rise to right thought. That's why you cultivate to realize the wisdom first before you deal with the thought. Otherwise, all these are dhamma. Understand now? And you cannot awaken with the thought. But when you have the wisdom, the right view, after you have straightened your view, then you can arise right thought. Where the user understands what constitutes evil and what constitutes right thought. Thoughts that are free of the evil roots of greed, hatred and delusion. And you know what constitutes evil. You can see them. It's nothing about the self anymore. No condition, nothing happened. The condition only thing arise. Then you got nothing to do with you and me there. It's just like the way I share with you my life. Even you can be my parent, my brother, my sister, very close to me, good friend. But no condition, the Dhamma cannot flow. Understand or not? I cannot teach you. I cannot like want to teach you. Cannot. So it's no more about the self. No more about who I deal with. It's about nature's condition. When there is condition... This one will manifest. People I don't know, I will teach, I will share. Like I used to say, almost all of you, I don't know you all, you all come. Got condition, I share. No condition, nothing come out. That is what Dhamma is all about. So it's no more about the Atta, the self. And this can only happen when you have the wisdom. Otherwise you will be too eager to help. Too eager to teach. Oh, my mother, no, I must teach you all. Oh, he give birth to me, no, he give me life, no. Oh, I must do my duty, no. Wow, you quote my words, no. do my duty, no. But you don't understand. Wisdom is what? When there is no condition, nothing happens. Well, after all, not so real. That's not form and mind, form and mind only. They have their karma, you have your karma. So you cultivate according to your condition, your understanding. And this is what Dhamma is all about. Echo and flow, easy to say. What is the meaning? You must have wisdom to echo and flow means what? Got condition, only do. No condition, don't do. That is what echo and flow is all about. Otherwise, you become good-hearted fool. And so, hey, I must do lah. This one good for me, no. Merits, no. I must help lah. Suffering, no. 
the whole world full of suffering. In India, in Africa, in all the war zone countries, you go and help la. Understand? It's not about help. It's not about being compassionate or not compassionate. It's about your condition. Whether there is condition to help or not. You help because you look forward to the merits. Then there is delusion. There is greed behind. So all these are very deep-rooted understanding of the Dhamma. And when you are mindful and aware, you can see all this. You are performing certain action and arising certain thought due to what? Behind is the motive. And that motive is always selfish before you are enlightened. But when you are awakened, it's no more motive. It's out of love and compassion for the world. When there is condition, you will manifest. You will share. Whether they understand or not, not important. Understand? Yeah. So that is where the difference is. Okay? Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. We better end. Huh? Otherwise, too late. Let us do the sharing of marriage straight away. Akasata, Chirobomata, Devanaga, Mahindika, Punyangtang, Anamoditoa, Chirang Rakantulokasasana, Etawata, Chamehi, Sampadan, Punya, Sampadan, Sabetewa, Anamodantu, Sobasampati, Sidia, Idang Menya, Tinang Hotu, Sukita hontunya teyo, idang menya tinang hontu. Sukita hontunya teyo, idang menya tinang hontu. Sukita hontunya teyo, dewo satu kali na sasa sampati hitu cya, fito bawa tuloko cya, raja bawa tu tamiko. Imina punyang kamena, mame bala samagamo, satang samagamo hotu, yawa nivana patiya, sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. Okay, pay respect to all the worthy ones that we have, sadhu. Oh, yo. 20 minutes extra time. Sorry about that.